0: You're listening to SD Hudson Magic. Welcome to episode 11 of my first ever romantic sleep story. The last time we saw Rebecca Dragoran, she was leaving Scott Lake Crown Court after seeing Jake plant his stake well and truly in Cartwright territory. Jake, meanwhile, was now resolved to tell his father the truth about what had been going on and make a fresh start as a key member of the Cartwright clan. But before we begin, let's take a moment to focus on where we are now. It's time to relax and fully let go. Take a deep breath in through your nose and let it out on a long sigh. This is your time and your place. Feel your body melt into the support beneath you and watch the cares of the day drift away. Notice how the pressure seeps away from your cheeks and the tension falls away from your shoulders. Feel the melt away from your ears. and know that you are safe. And here we are in Scott Lake Infirmary. Many months have passed since the court hearing. And Olivia Cartwright is doing her best to seal the deal before her stepfather has given the all clear for yet another health scare. I'm so glad you're feeling better, father, she said in her sweetest voice. Let's get you back home where you belong. You gave us a scare there it's nothing olivia just a murmur that's all people have them all the time well it's not nothing to me what would i do without you you're everything i've got now that mummy's gone old man cartwright replied you mustn't let your auntie hear you say that she and your mother were like twins so close they were She'll always be there for you and your dear cousins. You've plenty of those that love you. You always have had. I don't know why you stopped me inviting them over. He rubbed his tired eyes. Secretly, he was finding all this a bit too much. In the relatively short time he'd known her, Olivia had always been very independent. Not someone to fuss like this, but lately her demands were becoming bigger and bigger and he just didn't need the stress right now. Right, that's enough, said Nurse Trevorick as she checked his stats. It's time for a rest, Mr Cartwright, otherwise you won't be going anywhere when your son gets here, let alone home. She plumped up his cushions and he sat back. In her extensive experience, most daughters ease their father's stress, but not this one. She did nothing but nag and demand. Why didn't she give her stepfather a break? Old man Cartwright sighed. He needed to see Jake and get a calmer take on things. All this talk of weddings was getting too much. He would speak to his son again, but he wasn't going to press him to rush into it. Hadn't he got it wrong with Jake's mother all those years ago? He wouldn't be doing that again. Jake was one of a kind. And old man Cartwright could not think of a better person to carry Scott Lake Industries forward into a new era. Jake, meanwhile, was slowly coming to terms with being prosecuted without his father knowing. What with the ongoing health battles and Olivia laying it on very thick, the last thing Jake wanted to do was burden him with a grim truth that could have easily caused the downfall of Scott Lake Industries. But he was satisfied Olivia had learned her lesson And he'd felt much better about things, after Olivia's unexpected heartfelt apology after the trial. Everyone made mistakes and she'd been carrying too much responsibility before he got there. So the way he saw it, it wasn't really any wonder she made the rash decisions she had. Don't worry, Olivia, he'd said when he saw her tears fall. It's over now and it's time for new beginnings. Then walking into a new phase, he had turned his back on his past and the constant confusion he felt around Rebecca Tregoran. It was time to look ahead. To return Scott Lake Industries to the force to resistance it used to be, with him at the helm. He wanted so much to make his father proud. Especially after the faith he had shown in him. And if Jake had to sacrifice that childhood pipe dream, then so be it. It was never going to amount to anything anyway. Rebecca being the way she was, she would never let him forget how he would lied in court. He entered Glenroth Hotel. As the best venue in Fort Scott Lake, this was the perfect place to host the new corporate launch. And he'd heard the rooms were plush too. Mr. Fairmore, or should I say Cartwright? Said the girl at reception. Yes, Cartwright it is. Please make yourself comfortable and the hotel manager will be with you shortly. Jake settled himself into one of the large wing chairs. Their soft tan leather complemented the oak panelling and the timber boards. He wondered how many generations of the Cartwright clan had trodden this path as he gazed through the Georgian windows to the sea of green beyond. This was his life now, an elegant, refined existence, where he had the time and the support to achieve the success he had always striven for. He looked around. Two staff had just settled in the corner, gossiping away, behind them a large bookshelf lined with antique books. Just like the ones Rebecca organised for the charity drive, he said to himself. Cartwright, you say? said one of the voices. Yeah, that's his name now. He's the long lost heir of Scott Lake Industries, didn't you know? There was an announcement in the classifieds a while ago. The only Cartwright I ever saw was the daughter. Yeah, I've seen her about. She's a bit of a stunner, isn't she? If you like that sort of thing. Jake sighed. He hated gossip. But there was something about this conversation he just couldn't ignore. She was here before the trial. This was something new. Yeah, I know. And not for the first time either. She's got a thing going with that... Married bloke, I think. You know, the judge. Don't say anything, though. We're supposed to keep shtum about our guests. Jake's blood ran cold. This was outrageous. Olivia hadn't changed at all. It was all just a big act. That woman would do anything to get what she wanted. Hadn't he kept quiet about her all this time and what she had done? What a blind idiot he'd been. He'd made sure old man Cartwright had remained in the dark about everything. It hadn't been easy. He'd had to put a stop on any papers coming to the house or the hospital, and he'd forbidden the staff to talk about it. His father hated mobile phones, so he was okay there. But it turned out it was all for nothing. He had protected Olivia for nothing. He would just have to have it out with her later. Rebecca, meanwhile, was sitting in McGinty's bar with Sam, sampling the weekend special and pouring her heart out. I'm at a crossroads now. It feels like the last few months my whole perspective has changed, Sam. I can't do this anymore." As she spoke, she took in the softly lit interior. It would doubtless be a long while until she saw it again. "'What do you mean?' said Sam. Well my auntie recently passed away and my mum's inherited some money so I don't have to worry too much about that now. She told me not to worry about her anymore and said I should look after myself. It's not that I don't like it here but any vague hopes I might have had about Paul Jacobs died the moment he sneaked around trying to make deals with the local press. And as for Jake Fairmore The less said about that, the better. It feels like my time in Fort Scott Lake has come to its natural conclusion. It's been great, Sam, but hanging on to some crazy dream of a light at the end of the tunnel is doing me no good whatsoever. I need to go home. It's time. Sam watched as Rebecca's expression dropped to the floor. You're going back home. Yes, I think so. Sam placed a reassuring hand on Rebecca's arm. You have to do what's best for you. You haven't been yourself lately. That I'm sure. I could see the outcome in court hit you hard. What happened to Anika and Ahmed anyway? I haven't seen them about lately. They moved south to make a fresh start, and who can blame them?" said Rebecca. Anik is getting all the support she needs in the local Indian community, and they found a great school for Ahmed, with piano lessons and everything, so he can build on all that he learned at Scott Lake Music School. "'It sounds like everything you touched has turned to gold,' said Sam. "'Our company's certainly the better for having you.' And it's been great, said Rebecca. It's not like I'll be a million miles away anyway. Just a train ride. And you'll be back for my wedding? Of course, said Rebecca. I can't wait. Jamie's the best thing that ever happened to me. And you for her, Sam. You both seem so happy. I'm over the moon, really. Rebecca and Samantha spent the rest of the afternoon laughing and chatting, chatting and laughing, and by the end of it, Rebecca's mood had lifted immeasurably. She was going home at last, to teach at Sunday school again and run the Girl Scouts, to pick the blackberries when they were in season and sing at the top of her voice down Lumbee Lane where she knew only the weeping willows would hear her. She could fish on Flittick Lake as she had done with her father all those years before, and watch the sunset from the balcony outside her bedroom, where she could dream happy dreams, and leave Fort Scott Lake where it belonged in the past. The sun was going down now, so she switched on the lights on her bike and tucked in her long skirts beneath her. It was only five minutes home and a warm autumn evening, so it would be a pleasant ride. And there was a slight breeze which would make it all the more enjoyable. Life was good and she had so much to look forward to. The traffic was light for a change but then it was the weekend. Most people would be sitting in a pub garden somewhere watching the sun go down. And in no time at all She was sailing down steep hill, her red hair flying, her grin running from ear to ear. This is the life, she declared out loud. At last she was free. She had made the decision, she had told Sam, and she was going home to her mother and everything she'd been so reluctant to leave behind. as the sun sank lower still. A soft shadow enveloped the mountains and all at once it was dusk. She wasn't quite sure how it happened. Shock does that to you. But within seconds She was sprawled on the road, her knees grazed, her elbows covered in blood. And as she opened her eyes, she could just make out the same number plate she had seen all those months ago, outside her flat, the day Anika was threatened. you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider following me to hear more and look out for further episodes produced just for you.